Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Voice the Sasha Poshcast, your go-to podcast for all things posh. This is your host Shweta Bhatt, and in this episode, I will be speaking with posh practitioner, training facilitator, author, and the chairperson of the local committee, Mumbai City, Dr. Anaga Sarpotar. We will be discussing trauma-informed approach to prevention of sexual harassment. What is trauma-informed approach? Why do we need to talk about it? And how do we adopt it for posh? To know more, let's dive into the episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Anaga, for coming on this podcast and for talking to us about this very interesting and, might I say, cutting-edge uh, theme in posh because in India, at least in the Indian context, we have not had much discussion about trauma-informed approaches to posh. So this is going to be an exciting conversation. We have a lot of questions from uh, the team, sourced from the team, and I will jump right in with the first question that must be on the lips of all our viewers and listeners. What do you mean by trauma-informed approach to posh? So for, for anyone to understand a trauma-informed approach or the meaning of trauma-informed approach, it is necessary for uh, that person to understand the meaning of trauma. So basically trauma is any incident that leaves a long-lasting impression and impact on the person who faces it. It could be a series of incidents or it could be one incident. When it comes to workplace sexual harassment, incidents of sexual harassment are traumatic for uh, the woman who faces them. Uh, and this is not just with reference to workplace sexual harassment. Uh, there are certain forms of gender microaggressions at workplace, which also uh, cause women uh, to feel humiliated uh, and uh, upset, which may also uh, cause trauma. There are several other aspects of trauma, which we need to understand, uh, specifically with reference to uh, workplace sexual harassment. One is that um, uh, the workplace sexual harassment incident can be uh, physical or it can be verbal or non-verbal and it is not always necessary that the incident has to be physical in nature. Uh, of course, when we are talking about workplace sexual harassment, we also have to combine it uh, with uh, the fundamental rights of citizens uh, or uh, women in India. And uh, for the information of all, uh, I want to say that Article 21 of the Indian Constitution says that every person or rather every woman has a right to live with dignity and workplace sexual harassment uh, is a, a violation of that particular fundamental right. Uh, we also have to understand that whenever workplace sexual harassment happens, uh, which, is, which is traumatic for that particular woman, uh, it, it not just affects uh, her physical and mental health, but uh, the trauma also impacts her entire career, which may result in she quitting the job uh, or she may uh, give up the employment completely. Uh, one of the most important aspects of trauma is that um, most often uh, the uh, person who inflicts trauma 
will victimize uh, those who have less uh, social power, uh, which they perceive, of course, from their point of view, somebody who has less social power, somebody who is vulnerable, and somebody who will not be believed easily. And uh, most likely, uh, women, uh, considering the status of women in India, most likely women will fit uh, this particular uh, bracket uh, completely. Now, uh, coming to trauma-informed approach, um, the trauma-informed approach is uh, different from uh, the usual uh, approach that we see that is taken by uh, the criminal courts during trials uh, that are conducted on sexual violence cases. So uh, a trauma-informed approach is basically uh, victim-centered. It takes into consideration the impact of uh, the sexual violation or sexual violence on that particular person. And of course, all of this is done uh, considering the uh, gender socialization. So all of this is done considering the fact that it is very difficult for women to report sexual harassment. Uh, the trauma-informed approach also takes into consideration that uh, because there is uh, so uh, there is so much of taboo around sex and sexuality issues in India, it is difficult for women to talk about sexual violence or uh, sexual violations at work. Uh, so therefore, it is culturally sensitive. And of course, it is uh, a trauma-informed approach uh, is collaborative in nature. And precisely, if we look at the Sexual Harassment of Women at Workplace Act, the internal committee that deals with complaints of sexual harassment, or for that matter, uh, Human Resources Department, which probably is the first department which gets to know about a complaint of sexual harassment or both these uh, bodies have ample opportunity uh, to work with women in collaboration. So a trauma-informed approach is basically an approach which tries to minimize uh, re-victimization of women uh, while resolving their complaints of sexual harassment because it takes into consideration the requirements and needs of the complainant. Our next question is about the kinds of trauma. So how does trauma usually manifest? So what kinds of trauma do you see uh, that is as a result of sexual harassment at the workplace? And could you elaborate with a few examples? So any incident of sexual harassment or any incident with reference to women, which is which can be termed as gendered microaggression, leaves a long-lasting impact on women. Uh, the incident, as I said earlier, could be uh, a physical touch. The incident could be in a, a, a verbal form, uh, in a verbal form, where it could be a comment or uh, it could be maybe certain uh, questions which are invasive and humiliating in nature. It could be body shaming. It could be uh, uh, spread. It could be uh, spreading rumors about uh, 
the character of the woman or it could be non verbal uh, all of us know that the most common form of non verbal um, sexual violation uh, that women face in india is staring uh apart from staring there could be certain uh, facial expressions there could be gestures etc now all these forms of uh, sexual harassment and microaggressions uh, will definitely cause a lot of anxiety in the woman who is facing them because they are happening at the workplace and uh, uh, the woman has uh, come to the workplace to earn her livelihood any such incident will immediately trigger a uh, fear in her uh, related to loss of job or some negative repercussion on her career and very often we see that women who complain uh, uh, of sexual harassment are not able to focus on their work uh, because there is deterioration of morale uh, and it leads to uh, destruction of overall well being which may be physical uh, and emotional uh, in some cases i have also observed that it leads to uh, impairment in their relationships with colleagues relationships uh, with their family members uh, so basically uh, trauma will impact each and every uh, facet each and every aspect of the woman's life so a lot of the employers and hr that are uh, watching and listening to us might have a question as to how they can adopt trauma informed approach uh, into their organizations and workplaces what are some of the first steps that they can take in this regard so the the first and the most important thing uh, for employers or organizations to do is to encourage women to complain very often i have uh, seen or observed that the uh, organizations are happy if there are no complaints rather uh, many organizations rejoice that there is zero reporting uh, and that should not happen uh, because zero reporting does not mean no sexual harassment so it is very important for the employer or the organization to convey uh, to all women employees or all women who are uh, in contact with the workplace that their complaints are encouraged uh, also whenever a complaint uh, is received uh, by the employer or by the uh, hr department uh, it should not uh, or rather it should never be uh, told to the complainant that are you sure that he his intention was to sexually harass you obviously because the complainant will not uh, know what his real intention was the complainant has experienced uh, the incident of sexual harassment and therefore she is there to complain so asking her uh, about his intention or the person's intention is absolutely uh, a complete no no also a trauma informed approach requires that the employers uh, or the hr departments uh, assure uh, women complainants that there will be no retaliation uh, reta uh, retaliation is any kind of negative repercussion on the woman's career or her employment because 
of sexual harassment complaint so it is very important uh, that the complainant is assured that there will be no such negative repercussion either on her career on her or on her employment just because uh, the person who is charged with sexual harassment is senior in position or uh, the number of years that he has invested in the organization is more than uh, the complainant also uh, uh, the complainant should never be made to feel guilty uh, by telling her that look uh, you know you need to be careful uh, you need to you need to think twice before you complain because your complaint is going to ruin that person's life and career uh, the best way uh, to uh, receive a complaint of sexual harassment is to tell the complainant that uh, her complaint is welcome and complaints of sexual harassment are taken seriously uh, a trauma informed approach also requires uh, assurance to the complainant that uh, there will be fair and impartial inquiry uh, uh, and the procedure is going to be transparent and she will be also informed of the procedure uh, at the same time uh, it is necessary uh, for the employer and the hr uh, to consult the woman employee if she requires a change in reporting or if she requires a transfer or she requires to be uh, temporarily on leave from work which will help her to recuperate for the trauma to minimize so as we are talking about trauma informed approach when it comes to handling inquiries and receiving complaints do you think it makes sense for ic members to also have basic listening skills and empathy based skills uh, in your view what are some of the skills that are required uh, in this approach for internal committee members it is very important that the internal committee members are approachable uh, uh, mostly internal committees consist of uh, employees who are at senior positions uh, in the organization uh, therefore it is also important for employers uh, to constitute committees um, uh, by including employees across the hierarchy so that the committee does not become top heavy uh nonetheless if uh, the committee consists of senior employees or middle level senior level employees in the organization it is important that they are approachable uh, that people that employees uh, or women employees are not scared of approaching them uh, they also need to be accessible uh, in, in terms of they being present uh, at the workplace or their contact details uh, uh, should be made readily available and last but not the least uh the committee members should be able to find time uh if a complaint is reported because uh, uh the complainant is traumatized and, and uh, she requires to be heard and uh, assured so this will definitely uh, call for 
commitment from the committee members in terms of their uh, time and energy. Uh, some of the other skills uh, which are required is, of course, um, uh, non-judgmental attitude is the most important one because uh, while uh, talking to a person who is traumatized, it is important that we suspend our individual uh, beliefs. Uh, we do not judge the person uh, from our point of view. Uh, we do not uh, make comments uh, that make the person feel judged. Uh, it is very important also to maintain confidentiality because if uh, confidentiality is not assured, uh, the person may uh, be scared uh, that they will be ridiculed. Uh, controlled emotional involvement is also necessary on part of the committee members. Um, uh, at one level, while the committee needs to be sensitive to the complainant and not uh, become, uh, not show apathy, at the same time, uh, the committee needs to uh, constantly uh, balance it out to, to ensure uh, that they, they remain neutral uh, during the entire process. What are some of the best practices that internal committees can adopt uh, in order to be more sensitized to the needs of the aggrieved? It is very important that the internal committee members understand uh, the social context uh, of uh, the issue that is sexual harassment of women at workplace or workplace sexual harassment. Uh, we, uh, they have to understand that there is a lot of shame and stigma which surrounds the issue, uh, which actually amplifies the trauma that is caused to the complainant. Uh, and only when uh, the committee members understand the social con this social this particular social concept will they understand that this particular shame and stigma causes women to remain silent uh, and not talk about it and therefore it is very difficult for women to complain about sexual harassment so whenever a woman complains of sexual harassment uh, she has uh, she has actually gone through a lot of uh, a lot of churning in her own mind uh, with respect to whether she should complain or not complain what impact it will it will have on her uh, job what impact it will have on her relationship uh, with uh, her colleagues etc uh, also uh, it is important for committee members uh, to know that uh, uh, whenever whenever the inquiry is done using a trauma informed approach it is the impact uh, on the complainant which is important and not the intention of the person who is charged with sexual harassment because that is immaterial. Uh, whatever uh, may have been uh, uh, their intention, it does not matter. What matters is the negative impact on the complainant. Some of the other best practices uh, that the committee can actually look at is empowering the complainant uh, during the inquiry process by giving her voice, by allowing the complainant to talk, 
and of course providing her choices wherever possible it should also be able to explain uh, the enquiry procedure and especially when it comes to certain uh, steps in the enquiry procedure such as cross examination uh, it is important uh, that the logic uh, behind cross examination uh, is explained to the complainant because uh, that may trigger a uh, certain uh, negative reactions uh, uh, from the complainant uh, also uh, the entire procedure has to be done uh, in a non threatening manner which will help the complainant to trust the committee and have faith in the committee another important and interesting question that we get is about the uh, the aspect of objectivity so and i see an internal committee has is supposed to be objective and fair and impartial when it comes to conducting inquiries how does this balance out with looking out for the needs of the aggrieved uh, given that trauma may be uh, an important aspect to be taken care of at this point of time trauma informed approach does not mean that the that the committee is biased uh, in favor of the complainant and against the respondent a trauma informed approach basically means that the committee uh, helps the complainant voice her complaint helps the complainant to make informed choices and also facilitates redressal of complaint in a non threatening manner while uh, conducting at the enquiry using trauma informed approach the committee uh, can be neutral and impartial and fair uh, because a trauma informed approach is basically ensuring that the enquiry process is not threatening and the enquiry process empowers the woman to speak about sexual harassment uh, of course a trauma informed approach will also take into consideration um, the uh, frame of mind of the person who is charged with sexual harassment and therefore a trauma informed approach will not mean that the committee uh, has to uh, pounce on the person who is charged with sexual harassment or attack the person who is charged with sexual harassment it means that the committee will listen to the complainant and to the person who is charged with sexual harassment with equal uh, and give them equal opportunity uh, to present and explain uh, their uh, side of the entire situation so courts have repeatedly said that it is the uh, it is a responsibility of the internal committee uh, to help the woman uh, build her confidence it is a responsibility of the internal committee to make the woman comfortable during the enquiry and give her that assurance that the enquiry will be done uh, impartially and in a fair manner so uh, there is a there is a difference between being biased and having a trauma informed approach uh, to the uh, redress procedure thank you so much dr anaga for uh, enlightening us about this topic uh, i'm sure we have just touched the tip of the iceberg so to speak it is a huge and a complex topic with a lot of interesting perspectives and uh, i think this has helped our viewers and listeners start off into the journey of learning more about trauma informed approaches to posh in closing is there anything that you would like to tell us 
the trauma informed approach to workplace sexual harassment is, uh, has not been discussed in india i think uh, uh, this particular approach requires uh, more attention and more discussion as to how it can be actually inculcated by employers uh, in their anti sexual harassment policies and by internal committees when they conduct enquiries And that was the episode dear viewers and listeners a heartfelt thanks to Dr Sarpoddar for sharing her expertise and insights on this much needed topic in the field of prevention of sexual harassment What did you like about the episode what insights are you left with what questions do you have do write to us at voice@sashaindia.com we would love to hear from you Also don't forget to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social media for more information. We also have a monthly newsletter called Voice which discusses various themes in the field of posh. Until we meet again next month with a brand new episode. Take care. Enjoy the rest of 2021 and remember together we can prevent protect and progress.